0: teeth. i
1: those words are beautiful. uh, Hearing the praises of the world, praises of the earth, praises of the mother, and it fits really perfectly with what I want to talk about tonight, which is the the experience and practice of gratitude. Gratitude, as you say here. As opposed to gratitude, chewing up grant. So um, there's a, line from Meister Eckhart that says, if the only prayer you said in your whole life was thank you, that would be enough. So as we're sitting today, maybe you can sit with a quality or a spirit of gratitude and sensing into what that is for you, to be grateful, to be alive, to be grateful, to be sitting here, to be grateful, to be inhabiting this beautiful, unique body that you're inhabiting, temporarily. To be sitting in the middle of community. To be in this land. And if you don't feel grateful, that's okay. Because whenever we explore practice, we always explore, or we explore quality, that's innate to the heart, we also explore, get to know what gets in the way, what obscures feeling grateful or anything else. So let's sit. We'll sit for about 40 minutes. So sit as comfortably as you can. Sit as if it's a pleasure to sit. Sit as if it's a blessing. Sit as if this was your last meditation that you'll ever do in your life. As if this was the last breath you will feel. Sit in the knowing that you're sitting with all beings, with all meditators, that you're not doing this alone. Sitting with the intention that we don't just do this for ourselves, but for the welfare of those around us, the world at large. Sitting with a simple awareness of what's happening. Resting in awareness. This quality of knowing what's happening in the moment as it's happening. Effortless, natural, spontaneous. Simply being aware of what's arising in this moment in the field of awareness sensations of breath, sensations of body, sounds, feelings, moods, emotions, resting in the quality of knowing. And when that becomes obscured, knowing that we've temporarily lost presence of mind, mindfulness, and then we return back to wakefulness, to presence. Drinking deeply of that presence... If your attention keeps on being consumed with thinking, bring the attention down into the body again and again, sensing your body sitting, sensing the in-breath and the out-breath, sensing your belly, around the attention and the earthiness of the body. If the only prayer you said in your whole life was thank you, that would be enough. So before we take a break, there's some announcements. So we have um, a lot of volunteer needs uh, coming up um, at Spirit Rock. And as for those of you who don't know, volunteering is a wonderful way to uh, support Spirit Rock and connect with the community and um, participate in this beautiful field of service that happens here. Um, particularly, we need help in the kitchen for Monday night dinners, August 20th and 27th. Um, and there's also many opportunities this weekend and next for volunteers. And we also need help tending the beautiful land here, working in the kitchen, and serving at all the day-long programs of the weekend. So please check in with Kate, our volunteer coordinator. Um, or in the, there's information on the back tables over there. We have a uh, benefit for the family program coming up with Sylvia Borstein and Wes Niska on Saturday, September 8th called There's No Place Like Home, Making Peace in Our Families and Wider Community. Uh, there's postcards for this event. Please feel take, feel free to take them home and distribute them. Um, they'll be on the back uh, foyer table today. And upcoming events of interest. Um, this Saturday, Saturday the 18th, this Saturday, um, I'm teaching a Insight Meditation 101 day long. And on the 25th, Philip Moffat's doing a day-long exploring the Dharma through poetry. On the Sunday 26th, Wes Niska's teaching Insight Meditation and Crazy Wisdom, which will be guaranteed to be a fun event. Um, And Sunday, September 16th, I'm teaching with Laurie Salzman, Freedom Through Meditation and Dance. It's a day where we integrate movement into meditation and the, the, the practice of the five rhythms. It's a wonderful day of um, play, exploration, and meditation. And in terms of retreats, September 16th to 21st, there's space on the Insight Meditation and Nature Retreat with Wes Niska and Nina Wise, where most of the meditation is done outside in the woods, up in the hills. It's a very beautiful thing to do, one of my favorite retreats. And next week, um, Jack will be back, and there won't be any dinner. I'm not sure if they're related, but that's what's happening, or not happening. So, um, so we'll take a break for about 15 minutes. Is anybody new here to Spirit Rock today? So, welcome, please. Um, those who are not new, introduce yourselves. Not everybody, but just you know, <laughs> make people feel welcome. Thank you. So we'll ring a bell in 10 or 15 minutes. So in order to quell the full-scale revolution that happened um, earlier, uh, dinner will be served next week. (laughs) (coughs) That was my reading mistake. And Jack will be here. spirit of appreciation and gratitude, which is the theme tonight. I am appreciating and grateful for these cookies. They're very good. They're very large. I can only get through about a quarter, but it makes it hard to talk, though. so I'm appreciating my tea. <laughs> it's just one long river of gratitude up here. <laughs> and you're even laughing at my jokes. That's like... <clears throat> so I want to talk about gratitude and appreciation this evening, and it's really what I say up here is is, is simply a reminder to you uh, since... Um, you all know about gratitude, you all know about appreciation, and we all forget to dwell in that place from time to time or long periods of time. So I'm, this talk is really an encouragement and a reminder, as many Dharma talks and themes are, to remind us to orient towards, uh, towards what is, to what's true, to what we forget gratitude i looked at one definition they they defined it as it's the substance of the heart that's um, prone to express susceptible to appreciate and give thanks and there's study that there's some studies done on gratitude generally people feel people who experience and express a lot of gratitude feel happier more helpful forgiving and less depressed than people who aren't grateful so there you go And there's actually a Pali word, which I didn't know, uh, that comes close to uh, gratitude called katanuta, to recognize what has been done to one for one's own benefit. So it's there in the texts. The Buddha says, gratitude is one of the highest protections against negativity in the mind. As I'm sure you know, when you're in that place of appreciation and gratitude, it's a very wholesome, positive, buoyant, radiant kind of mind state. And that buoyancy and positivity is a defense or as a shield against uh, more negative states of mind. So one of the practices that I learned about gratitude is uh, Native American practice. And it goes something like this, and I need your help to um, join in. So if you agree with me, uh, when I finish my sentence, you you can say yes. So, I woke up this morning.
0: <laughs> you sure? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> okay. Heckling.
0: I'll
1: give you a cue, and, I'll, and the cue is, <laughs> and I wonder if you felt that way too. <laughs> so, I woke up this morning And it was light, and the curtains were drawn open, and it was a beautiful sunny morning. The sun was already up, The, the hills were golden orange, and I felt really happy that it was a beautiful sunny day, and I felt really blessed to be living in this beautiful place, and I wondered if you felt that way too. Yes. And I slowly dragged myself out of bed, and went to the bathroom, and turned on the faucet, and there was water coming out of the faucet. It was cold water and hot water. And I jumped in the shower and I took a shower and I felt how amazing it is to live in a a structure that has water, that has heat, that has um, all these amenities that make life so comfortable and easeful. And what a blessing to be able to just drink straight from the faucet and not get disease. And I felt really happy and appreciative that I live with that level of abundance. And I'm wondering if you feel that way too. Yes. And then I uh, walked upstairs and uh, put the kettle on and made a cup of tea and opened the fridge door and lo and behold, there was still food in there. And I cooked up some toast and eggs and various things and sat down, had my tea and food and again felt that level of appreciation and abundance to have such ready access to food and nourishment and quality, uh, produce and freshness and I felt really grateful. I'm wondering if you feel that way too. Yes. And then I went down to a local cafe and uh, decided to think about writing this talk and um, began to think about Spirit Rock and my community and friends and all the relationships I have with uh, my teachers here and the staff <laughs> and the community. And just feeling really blessed and honored and and privileged and happy to be in part of a a wonderful spiritual community that has such deepness and richness and fullness and laughter and feeling very, very blessed and appreciative. And I wonder if you feel that way too. So that's an exercise that I, I like to do a lot for myself. You can do it with friends, you can do it as a daily practice of just taking a moment to appreciate what we have. The Buddha said, whatever we incline our mind toward, that the mind becomes. Whatever we turn our attention to, that grows uh, that particular quality that we're turning our attention to. So this is very much true with gratitude and appreciation. If we turn our attention to it, to what we have, rather than what we don't have, uh, it's seeds for allowing those, these very wholesome mind states to grow. And We always have a choice in any moment how we look, how we see, how we perceive the world. We can look at what, what's already here, what we have, what's already in our midst like we just talked about in that exercise to sense how much um, abundance there is or we can look with a mind state that's, that sees things as, as the cup half empty and deficient and what we don't have, what's wrong with us, what's wrong with the world, what's wrong with my car and my bank balance and my weight or whatever our issue is. So we have have this choice in any moment to perceive in a way that's seeing really the truth of things, what the the blessings are that we already have. And as you probably know, the mind, the egoic mind, lives in a form of scarcity, in a form of deficiency, in a form of always sensing however wonderful a situation is that something's not quite right something's not quite good enough or maybe i'm not good enough or i'm not worthy to receive something and so that's the mind that we're working with in this in this in this practice of gratitude and it's important to notice the 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 mind the quality of mind that we look at with at the world the the quality of the perception that we're seeing so i i just came back from Uh, the eastern Sierras. uh, I was backpacking up uh, near Mammoth Lakes, and very beautiful. And one of the things I like to do when I'm backpacking, it's a a great place to practice, it's a great place to drop into presence. But it's also a wonderful mirror for the mind, because here here I was in this very spectacular country, and um, just paying attention to how I was sort of, how my mind was moving through the day, and the ups and the downs, and Sometimes I was really dwelling in that sense of, my God, this is such an amazing, beautiful, wild, unspoiled, extravagant, delicious place. And other times I wouldn't be in that place. I'd be tired or hungry or grumpy or um, you know, feeling the 40-pound pack on my back and not so crazy about hiking eight miles up a hill. And suddenly um, the world didn't seem so bountiful, and I was aware of you know the, the, how messy the trail was or... You know, there was litter on the ground, or the the hill was too steep, or why do they plan the trail in this way? Don't they know people are carrying heavy packs? And So it's really, you know, it's like a lot of things in the teaching and in life, Um, a lot depends on our state of mind, which we bring to an activity. I want to read a story about someone who uh, got a parking ticket in the city, um, which you may have done once or twice if you live in the city, or once a week. He says, every time I get a parking ticket, I have a choice, the same eternal choice, presence or scarcity. I can celebrate the city, be grateful for the clean streets, the parks, the garbage pickup, homeless shelters, cetera, or I can rel- and I can relish participating in the salary of a city employee who is giving me a ticket. Or I'm equally free to indulge in my ego scarcity tale. I can choose to get angry with myself, make the city wrong, bolster my experience of separation and go comatose to all that I have in the present moment. I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily dwell in abundance and gratitude when I'm getting a $35 ticket for being two minutes late. But that's, you know, we, we have these moments every day where we, we, we're tested, we're challenged, we're invited to stretch, to grow, to see if we can not lose touch with that sense of well-being, of innate safety and trust And like anything, it's a practice. You know, these practices of the the Dharma teachings uh, are practices that require a certain level of perseverance and vigilance. Especially when we're living in this culture that's telling us you actually don't have enough. In fact, what you have isn't good enough. and In fact, you aren't that good either. And this is what you need to do to be happy. And you need to get this and get that and buy that. And soon you'll be a little more happy. Not quite, but you're on the way. Speaking of which, I'll read my favorite magazine article, Um, there's a man sitting in front of a lot of his stuff, the things a young man would would love to have in his life, perhaps he has a dog, and a scuba equipment, and a surfboard, and a kayak, and golf clubs, and a computer, and a guitar, and an amp, and a bike, and skis, and, and a Ford pickup truck. And it says, Spence, that's the guy who's meditating like this, very, very spiritual. Spence has put a twist on an old philosophy. To be one with everything, he says, you've got to have one of everything. (laughs) That's why he also has the new Ford Ranger. So he can seek wisdom on a mountaintop, take off in hot pursuit of enlightenment, and connect with Mother Earth by looking no further than into the planet's coolest four-door compact pickup.
0: <laughs>
1: he says it gives him easy access to inner peace, which makes him one happy soul. There's all kinds of very small, fine print at the bottom that I can't read that is probably saying that purchase of the new Ford Ranger will not guarantee absolute inner peace and harmony <laughs> and connection with Mother Earth, but I can't read it, so small. So that's what we live in. We live in this culture that's, that's very uh, um, humorous from a certain perspective. It's also kind of sad and a little deluded that we really can connect with Mother Earth through a f- compact four-door pickup. Maybe you can. I don't know. So what stories do you listen to around deficiency or abundance? What stories do you listen to about yourself? in terms of, of of whether you have enough, whether you are enough. You know, and we can list the tapes that we go through. Not enough money, not enough friends, not enough success, not enough... Mm, you name it. We can go there, the mind can go there that, that, that with that sense of scarcity. And we can give it a lot of authority. I know when I, I, I wrote a book last year and it came out last year and... Um, it was interesting to watch. I, I made a specific point of not asking the publisher how many books I'd sold, because I knew my mind would get into that game of, "Oh, that's great, but it's not enough," you know. So I just, you know, whatever it sold, it sold, and um, but we can do that with anything. However great our accomplishment, there's always something to compare it to. One of the obstacles to gratitude is the the quality of the comparing mind. This is great, but look what the Joneses have next door. They have an even bigger pool. So mostly what I want to talk about tonight is is really what we already have and what we already are and how that really is the basis for gratitude and just practice turning the mind to that. And we're really given to all the time in every moment even though we don't necessarily feel that or see that or believe that we're always being given to in this by, by being alive you're living on this beautiful earth that's completely giving freely of itself in so many different ways just a simple quality of gravity you know you wouldn't be here if there was no gravity you'd be hitting your head on the roof would be quite painful. Or well, the air that we breathe. you know we, we live on a planet that has this perfect mix, hydrogen, oxygen, that allows us to breathe, allows us to, to function as breathing beings. We have the warmth of the sun. We get up every day, and lo and behold, it rises. Or well, the earth turns, and it appears to rise. Actually, it actually doesn't rise at all, but it's present every day. The heat in, The heat in your belly, is from the heat in the sun, from digesting plants and animals, from the water that we drink. You know, we have access to clean water. And it was wonderful being up in the mountains and actually drinking from the streams. But we're drinking drinking the the water mainly from the Sierras. You're mainly made up of the Sierra Nevada. You're 70% Sierra Nevada rain. It's a wonderful thing to think about. Or the food that we have access to, you know especially in this area, we have access to a lot of really wonderful food, organic food, healthy food, local food, the climate that we live in you know that 's not too hot, not too cold, maybe if you live in you know ocean beach it 's a little cool, but we have a relative safety here. you know mostly we can walk about on the streets we 're not victimized through warfare or oppression, mostly. We have relative freedoms of speech, of movement, of religion. You can come here and not be persecuted. That's, a, that's something that many, many millions, if not billions of people don't have in this world right now. And then we have this body. We inherit this body. We come into this body. It grows. That's just kind of amazing in itself. As with my goddaughter today, who's three, and um, every time I see her, she's sprouted something—if <laughs> not intelligence or wit or sentences or language height or something, some dexterity—and um, it's just a mystery to watch how we grow. We have a trillion cells in our body, apparently. Most of them don't belong to us, funnily enough. But and each cell does something like four or five thousand operations a second whatever that whatever cells do they do lots of different things that's five quintillion things every moment that's happening in your body right now do you miss it (laughs) Mm, these bodies are amazing i was backpacking and every day i get to my camp and be completely aching and sore and stiff and crampy and the next morning the body recovered and it was healthy and strong and happy and up i went again and poor body at the end of the day was tired and stretched and cramped, and and then next day it recovers, you know, blisters and sores and aches, and, you know, every, every time we get sick, mostly the body has this amazing capacity to rejuvenate, we get a cut, and it gets a scab, and it just heals itself, it's amazing. So I want to share this story that uh, is from Sylvia's book, um, which is not so much about gratitude, it's really about generosity, but, it's, but you can imagine this story on the flip side, and I'll say, I'll say a little about that in the, at the end. <coughs> Several months earlier, having met somebody whose life had been saved by a bone marrow transplant and learning that people with no kinship relationship at all can be a compatible match for each other, Paul had donated a sample of his blood for testing. When he phoned the registry from Western Kansas, he was told that his sample matched a person in New York City acutely ill and needing a transplant. He then phoned his new employers to postpone his arrival for three days, drove to New York, checked into the hospital, and spent three days there, one day for preparing for the surgery, one day for the bone marrow transplant, and one day recuperating, and then finished his drive to Massachusetts. Paul told me the story of the transplant when we first met almost a year later. He said that he knew his recipient was still living, and that if both parties want to meet one year after a successful transplant, each can learn who the other person is. I don't want to know, Paul said. I'm having such a good time not knowing. I pass people in supermarkets and I think, maybe that's my person. <laughs> or I think about the man sitting next to me on a bus, or the young girl looking out the window on the plane, of the plane, whom I see just in passing on my way to the back of the plane, and I think, maybe that's my person. Since I don't know for sure, I can imagine that everyone is my person. It's much better this way. So I imagine the person who received the kidney, um, so it's received the, the bone marrow, is also thinking, "I wonder if that's my person. I wonder if that's person." And I imagine the sense of gratitude could be really there for everybody. So we have this body, and you, know, we often take it for granted. We often order it around to do what we want it to do and get frustrated when it doesn't live up to our expectations. And, you know, we push it and sleep-deprive it and feed it really junk food. And, and it still performs. It still functions. It's amazing. And we have these eyes, you know, up in the mountains last week, 10,000 feet and very clear and spectacular, uh, 13,000, 14,000-foot peaks. And uh, just the, 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 the mystery and the magic of seeing. You open your eyes and look, there's all these people or sky, or galaxies, or grasses, or hummingbirds, or and the deers that walk around here. All, all the blessings that we receive through our eyes. I, I'm particularly a visual person. I love art. I love being out in nature, and I love listening to things that sound like coyotes and
0: <laughs>
1: wolves. And what a blessing it is to be able to see or to be able to hear you know, sounds. What what joy sounds bring? Sounds of children, sounds of music, sounds of birds, sounds of the wind rustling through trees, sounds of conversation, sounds of our loved ones, sounds of people on the telephone or across the world. You know, very simple things. You know, and so much of our joy and happiness comes from simple things, simple appreciation, the ability to taste. You know, we have a very refined taste uh, receptors in our tongue. All the foods, the cookie and the tea and strawberries and whatever it is you're into. What a mystery. And again, mostly we check out when we eat. We're kind of busy thinking and planning and wondering what we're going to do tomorrow or how our bank balance is doing. And you know, The quality of mindfulness that we develop here, the presence, allows us to appreciate what we have. You know, this quality of beginner's mind that we talk a lot about in this practice of experiencing things anew, experiencing things freshly, you know, when we're awake, when we're present, when we're living in presence, everything is really a joy, it's a celebration, it's a mystery. Another way of looking at this quality of gratitude is thinking about all the different ways that you're supported to be here today. or Anything that you do in your life. And just, the, just getting to Spirit Rock today, most of you probably drove, I know a few of you walked, but most people probably drove. And all the things that, that, that took place to, to, for that to happen, the whole history of the motor car, and people growing rubber trees in South America to make tires, and the engineers who, and the mechanics who fix your car, and the people drilling for new oil, much as we might not like the, the um, petroleum industry, if that industry didn't exist right now, you'd be sitting at home in your car, not getting very far. <laughs> or the people who lay the tarmac. You know, again, we might not be crazy about tarmac and paving over this beautiful earth, and yet it makes it driving a lot easier on a tarmac road than on a dirt road. Or the clothes you're wearing. You know, the clothes didn't just you know appear in you know, wherever you buy clothes, you know, in the mall you know the cotton was grown by people you know in virginia or georgia or in china and the dyes the colors the buttons where did your buttons come from maybe they're made in indonesia or taiwan or ohio or you know, the leather that you're wearing on your shoes you know it's probably walking around in a little grassy field in vermont <laughs> sorry to say <laughs> Or maybe it came from processed, uh, processed oil. You know, if you're wearing Crocs. So whatever we do, whatever we do, we're supported in, in innumerable ways. And if when we when we take a moment to just think about just one simple thing, you know, the soap that you use to bathe with, the shampoo, it connects us with this massive, interconnected web across the across the earth. Plants, animals, people, history, culture. And I think it, it behooves us to, to dwell in that way so we don't take things so for granted. You know, we, It's so easy for us just to pick up a bottle of milk or a pair of shoes or whatever it is and not think about the web this that's supporting us. Very beautiful. There's another story. This is I'm reading from this book called The Bounding River. It's it's from the Gratitude Cafe, which for those of you who don't know is a wonderful cafe that really its whole essence of being is about cultivating gratitude and most of the menu choices are things like I am abundant and I am overflowing, I am generous, I am contented, I am essence. And the, food, the food's raw food, and it tastes really good. I have a menu. You have a menu. All right. <laughs> he is plentiful. <laughs> so, um, I forget the name of this chap. What's his name? Matthew. This is another story about abundance uh, gratitude. He says, one day I walked into a cafe and ordered a tuna fish sandwich. When the sandwich was set in front of me, I had an epiphany. A whole creation arose, the universe of this tuna sandwich. All at once I could see the tuna fleet, the diesel mechanics, the net makers, the hook makers, the crew, and the families, the cannery, the can maker, the baker, the wheat farmer, the combine mechanic, the grain elevator operator, the wheat geneticist, the lettuce grower, the chicken farmer, countless bankers, secretaries, receptionists, truck drivers, then the earthworms, the soil microorganisms, the food chain of the ocean, the plankton, the herring, the mackerel, all placed before me for $4.50. <laughs> I saw the whole body of creation working 24 hours a day, seven days a week to support our existence without our attention. We don't have to manage a thing. I don't have to call out, don't forget to bring the hooks. <laughs> Most of the time we're oblivious to the orchestra, orchestration of the cosmos and in the dense oblivion of the ingratitude we'll question the existence of the... In the dense oblivion of ingratitude, we'll question the existence of God or complain about the price of a sandwich. I often like to say it takes 14 billion years to make a tuna sandwich. It takes the whole history of the universe and the creation of the solar system and the planets and the cooling of the gases and the formation of rocks and oceans and life and photosynthesizing plants and plankton and, you know, to create wheat and machines and human beings and 14 billion years right there. In this cookie, in this cookie, is very old. But fresh. It's the paradox of life. It's true. And we're all here because of love. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be here if we hadn't been touched by love, if we hadn't been held in some form of love, whether it's a universal love, a parental love, familial love, you know, children don't survive without some source of love and nourishment. However difficult and painful our, pa- our, our parents may have been, or our families may have been, or however many years of therapy we may have done, uh, we still survive through love. The whole movement of the, of the universe can be seen as an expression of love. So many beautiful things that we uh, really enjoy, great art, great culture, music, uh, is also born out of a deep love. i was at um for those noah Levine is one of the um teachers of this tradition uh he's a punk rocker and has this developed has a book called dharma punks and um he got married yesterday and uh, so i went to his wedding down in big Sur and uh um he cruised up in uh he, he 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 cruised up in a black lowrider '64 Chevy, and then his wife to be also cruised up in a separate black lowrider black '64 uh, Chevy, and had this very beautiful punk wedding. And um, it was just beautiful to watch the expression of love. You know, it's a it's a wonderful thing that opens the heart and. So, as I was mentioning in the, in the gratitude practice at the beginning, one of the things that most easily uh, turns my heart to gratitude is the, is the gratitude for the teachings, gratitude to the Buddha, gratitude for the practice. Because these teachings, these practices, these meditations, this community um, of practitioners that extends for thousands of years is what supports us to wake up. It's what supports us to move from unconsciousness and pain and suffering and delusion and ignorance and all the ways that we happily cause suffering for ourselves and each other. It actually gives us an opportunity to see ourselves, to understand who we are, to see our nature, to see the possibility of freedom, to experience it, to live it, to taste it, to be it. And it's really a wonderful um, heart-opening thing to have is this access to community <clears throat> the buddha said community is the whole of the spiritual life and here we are, look around look around you right now there's like several hundred people in this room in your community whether you feel a part of it or not you're you're actually being held in a spiritual community i was uh, at the wedding yesterday i um uh, one of the people that was um dear friend of mine and colleague Eugene Cash, and he's currently on a retreat with a mutual teacher of ours, and uh, and I wasn't able to get into the retreat, and I said, well, what was the, give me the essence of the teaching today, the, or yesterday that was given, and he gave me this nugget of the teaching um, from Hamid, which I'll just share with you, um, where Hamid uh, Ali was talking about his thousands and thousands of spiritual experiences that he's had, which he has. He's a very profound human being. <coughs> And he said, how many of those created any spiritual transformation? That was a question, sort of a rhetorical question to the audience. And he said, none of them. Not one of those spiritual experiences led to spiritual transformation. What leads to spiritual transformation is knowing one's true nature. Is the quality of presence. The quality of presence that knows the truth of who we are, that's really what creates transformation. And the reason I'm sharing the story is that um, it was just a beautiful example to me of, uh, of sangha, of community, that I was uh, really appreciated hearing that from Eugene, and um, I've so appreciated the spiritual friendship and mentorship and, and camaraderie uh, being in, the, in this Buddhist community for so many years, and it's what makes the practice alive, it's what makes it juicy and, and real, and The Buddha said it's, it's an unbelievable blessing to be in a human body. It's an unbelievable blessing to contact the Dharma. It's an unbelievable blessing to actually practice the Dharma. And it's an even rarer and unbelievable blessing to actually understand the Dharma. So we're all very blessed you know, to have access to these teachings, to have the resources to get here, to have the time, the space to meditate, to have the interest, the inclination? Just think about your lives if you hadn't encountered a spiritual practice, what you'd be like, where would you be? I know for myself it's not a pretty sight, I don't know about you folks, but it's kind of scary thought actually. I was a young, angry anarchist punk rocker in London when I was 19 and I encountered the Dharma and love to know the trajectory of that young punk if he hadn't found the Dharma. Who knows? Mm -hmm. And one of the greatest blessings that we have to be grateful for is really uh, the most invisible thing, really, the quality of awareness this quality of this jewel in our mind that has the capacity to be awake, to be aware, to know. To know what's happening, to know who we are, to know what's true. All that's happening here in in this room, in your lives, all happening, coming and going in this miraculous field of awareness. And I ring this bell, and and it's known effortlessly in awareness. You don't have to go. Hmm, what's that? Let me see. You give my ear to the bell. Oh, yeah, it's a bell to sound. No, it just happens. We can know our nature in that way as effortlessly. The greatest gift is that which we're seeking. We already are. Our nature is already here. The Buddha we're looking for is already within. That's the good news. It's already here. What you're looking for is what's doing the looking. Said St. Francis of Assisi and Hafiz and Rumi and the Buddha and a whole list of other people. (laughs) This quality of awareness allows you to see when you're causing suffering. It allows us to disidentify. It allows us to let go. It allows us to see what path is wholesome, what path is painful. So this practice of gratitude is not about forcing the quality of gratitude, it's not about, okay, now I'm going to be a grateful person, you know, and sort of ingratiatingly pretend to be appreciating things that you really despise and hate and find terribly boring. But it's about learning to turn the attention to what's here, to what is beautiful, to what is a gift, to what is a blessing. When we experience gratitude, we take things less for granted. Have you noticed that? We actually appreciate them more. We see what a rare gift it is. This wonderful book I've been reading again came out a few years ago, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Anybody read this? Beautiful book. Very beautiful book. Uh, It's a story of uh, a French man who was um, Jean-Dominique Bobby, who was the uh, editor-in-chief of Elle magazine and was involved in a car accident and he became completely paralyzed except the, the one movement he could do was the blinking of his right eye and the wonderful speech therapist and language there in that in that wanting mind another obstacle is this quali- is the quality of entitlement you know we think we're entitled to to a lot to everything sometimes and so sometimes that entitlement can preclude actually um, really receiving and appreciating the small and large things that we get because we think, well, I deserve it. You know, deserve to have nice weather and good company and good food and quick service and no traffic and less fog and interesting Dharma talks. And Or <laughs> well, the comparing mind mentioned this is great but you know it was better last week and I know so-and-so has twice as much as this and so different ways that we we um, block gratitude so I just want to I'm going to give you a few questions we don't really have time to do the exploration but I want you just to to dwell on these questions as you as you go through your week this week Um, the main question to ask is what are you grateful for? What are you grateful for? What are you grateful for now? So as you go about your day and your week, just to hold that question, what are you grateful for? And the second question is, what blocks gratitude? Or what blocks my being grateful now? And the last questions are, what gifts in your life are hard to let in? So what are you grateful for? What blocks the gratitude? Does anybody like to share what are you grateful for? Let's say what you're grateful for. Just, just say, it, just, <clears throat> anybody? Health, Health. Mm-hmm. yes. Friends. 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 The, cricket. the crickets, mm-hmm. the crickets, yeah all the beautiful things he saw today. Smell. Smells, birds.
0: Wise evident. teachers.
1: Wise teachers. Being able to
0: travel and see the world.
1: Being able to travel and see the world.
0: Less pain.
1: Less pain. Mm-hmm. Family.
0: Family.
1: Air. Air. Yeah. <sighs> Still there. <laughs> Pardon? Grateful for being alive, the fundamental gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Water. Water. Water.
0: Healing. Healing. Trees.
1: Light. Trees. Thirst. Thirst. Good work. Good work. Bees. Bees, yes. Oh, poor suffering bees. Dreams. Dreams. Bike. Yeah. <laughs> Love. Love. Medita. Meta. A feet. My car. My car. Chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> oh, now we're getting down to it. <laughs>. Chocolate. Uh, chocolate. chocolate, chocolate, chocolate,
0: chocolate, chocolate.
1: <laughs> Donna. Donna. Pets. Pets. Friendships. Friendships.
0: Teachers.
1: Teachers. Teachers. Silence. Silence.
0: <laughs>
1: Silence. Peace. Creativity. 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 Art. My
0: cafe gratitude.
1: Cafe gratitude.
0: <laughs>
1: Books. Spirit rock. Spirit rock. Pianos. Pianos. Vacuum cleaners Vacuum cleaners <laughs> Dust it's Music Music Smiling <laughs> Re-election Re-election
0: Pearl rover signings. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Passion Dhamma Sex sex, contact
0: lenses,
1: (laughs) shade, Shade. books, Books. children, shelter, Shelter. flowers. So you can, um, you know, it's really good to to do a never-ending gratitude journal stick it on your fridge, by your bedside, in your journal, and you just keep writing down things you're grateful for, things to remember to be grateful for. So many things to be grateful for in this, in this world. And again, it's so easy to forget when we're caught up in the mind because the mind isn't looking at abundance. It's looking at what's wrong, the problem, how do we fix it and not remembering to stop and just see, oh, what's here right now in this moment? If I let go of that story of being deficient and not enough and needing to get somewhere, what's here? Oh, the sun's shining. Oh, the birds are singing. The traffic's rumbling. The kettle's boiling. And what gets in the way of your gratitude Fear, time pressures, anger. Anger. anger, pain,
0: being in a hurry,
1: being in a hurry. Noise. noise, worry, worry.
0: Greed. greed, life,
1: life. Pride.
0: pride,
1: war, war. <coughs> <coughs> mosquitoes, <laughs> let's get specific, <laughs> boredom. Habit. Plans. Plans, yeah. Plans. Desires.
0: Decisions.
1: Decisions.
0: Bad decisions.
1: Bad decisions. (laughs) (laughs) Expectations. Expectations. Money. Money. Longing. Longing. Laziness. Laziness planning planning,
0: planning.
1: Procrast- procrastination procrastination thinking thinking mm-hmm. Forget. forgetting people who are not grateful <laughs> people who are not grateful <laughs> <laughs> judging, <and> judging. <laughs> 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 attitude. Bad attitude.
0: Criticizing.
1: Criticizing. The news. The news. The negativity. Negativity. I like the first list, but it's much more fun. <laughs> Proverb says who doesn't who does not thank for little will not thank for much. And this is a quote from Leroy Page. Don't pray when it rains if you don't pray when the sun shines. Or for Bayeri folks, don't pray when it fog, when it's foggy if you don't pray when the sun shines. Well, thank you. It's been very sweet to be here with you. Yeah, you're welcome. Pleasure. So I um, hope that um, you have a very gratitude-filled evening, week, month, year, life, that we can always come back to this quality. You know, we're in the middle of the difficult, messiest, miserablest mind state moment of pain we can still ask what am I grateful for what is the gift in this experience so I am going to ring the bell because I like the sound of the bell to end the day